evidence and answers. Evidence and Answers is a Christian apologetics ministry led by Dr. Pat Zucran. Pat provides compelling messages from top apologetic scholars defending the Christian worldview and provides valuable resources for every person seeking answers to life's questions, as well as addressing key issues of our time. Serving to equip Christians who want to effectively engage their world for Christ is our focus. Christianity offers the most logical answers to the problem of evil, but it also provides the best message of hope and meaning in the midst of difficult times. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers radio broadcast with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today, our host, Pat, will be sharing a question of the week. Our focus is how we can handle the pain of suffering. Now, here's Pat. We've been going over our series of God and the problem of evil and suffering. And the problem of evil and suffering really poses a challenge, not just to Christianity, but really to all worldviews and systems of beliefs out there. And I believe that Christianity offers the most reasonable answers. It gives the best philosophical answer to the origin and the existence of evil. And I believe it's really the only worldview that can offer a meaningful message of hope in the midst of the pain and suffering we experience when encountering tragedy and all kinds of evil in the world today. We talked about the philosophical problem, the philosophical aspect to this problem of God and the origin and the existence of evil. Now we want to kind of get practical here, all right, and give you the religious answer to God and the problem of evil. And we're going to begin with this question here that really gets us into the practical aspect, the practical characteristic of how do we deal in a practical way with the pain and suffering we encounter in life as we face tragedy and evil in this world. The question that was asked is this, Pat, you gave us logical reasons for the origin and existence of evil, the free will argument. But how does that help a person in their time of suffering? The free will argument does little to comfort a mother who has lost her child or someone diagnosed with terminal cancer. Well, this is, you know, where the rubber meets the road. I think, as I said, Christianity offers the most reasonable answer. It answers the philosophical question of God and the origin and the existence of evil. And I believe when it comes to the practical aspect of dealing with pain and suffering, I think Christianity offers the only message of hope that can be given. In times of pain and suffering, the two most valuable pillars that will uphold you during life's most difficult journey in these moments, the two pillars there that you have to hold on to are truth and hope. Now, we don't want a message that is false when we are in our time of suffering, nor do we want to be given false hope to hang on to. So what we want, the most valuable pillars you're going to have is truth and hope. That is why I believe in the darkest moments of life, Christianity's message shines brightly over any other worldview or religious system because it presents the most powerful message of truth and hope which no other system of belief can offer. I mean, think about it. What do the other worldviews have to offer? What does naturalism or atheism have to offer? Well, naturalism ultimately teaches that the universe is an accident. Uh, just an accident of chance, of time and space and natural forces coming together. So ultimately, there's no plan or purpose for the universe being here. And 
mankind in the same way we are simply products of chance right so there really is no ultimate plan or purpose for our existence here in other words you come to the conclusion that every great atheist thinker and philosopher has come to over the ages that ultimately our life is ultimately meaningless and everything ends in death and annihilation that's a very dark and depressing kind of answer that really offers no hope you know I had a relative whose parents were devout atheists and in her final days you know as his mother was dying they wouldn't let me get near to her because they don't they wanted to remain strong and steadfast in their atheist worldview and so in her final days you could see the tremendous fear that she had knowing the fate that awaited her complete extinction and annihilation there there was and no words could be given to her from the atheist worldview of any comfort or hope I mean what did she have to look forward to darkness extinction annihilation never to exist again never ever ever to see her loved ones ever again she existed for a brief moment her final years were filled with pain and suffering and all she has to look forward to is her annihilation and extinction well when it came to their funeral guess what they chose for their funeral they chose a Christian funeral they chose a Christian funeral why is that well because it's only the gospel message that can give you any kind of message of of hope now even though they were atheists and she died in her atheism as far as I can tell they wanted a Christian funeral because what are you gonna say at an atheist funeral friends and family members you know we celebrate the brief life of you know auntie margaret or whoever and now she's gone she's extinct forever you'll never see her again right the corpse you see there that's it you know take one last look because when we bury her you know that's it all you will have is a memory and you'll never ever ever see her again and guess what you all face the same fate too you will all someday die going to the grave and that's it you'll all be extinct and one day as the universe runs out of energy the universe will be extinct mankind will be extinct all things in the end come to extinction and annihilation boy that'd be, that'd be a really uh, dark funeral service wouldn't it but you never see atheist funeral services do you most of them you know end up with some kind of religious message here and so I really wasn't surprised when they ended up picking a Christian kind of funeral even though I know they did not believe the message but that's what atheism has to offer there's really no message of hope in the midst of our pain and suffering there well what about the pantheist worldview worldview of the East that undergird the Eastern religions what message of truth and hope do they have to give well in pantheism pan means all theism means God so all is God God is not a personal being God is a it he is the cosmic energy of the universe and so all things are a part of God everything in the universe is a part of God and you end up concluding that good and evil then are ultimately resident in God himself or the one or the ultimate or the force or Brahman or whatever you want to call the one the all the universe therefore in the pantheistic worldview and the pantheistic religions one must accept evil and suffering as a part of the divine and accept it passively as just the way things are for example let's see it's how it's played out in two pantheistic religions in Hinduism what is the message when it comes to evil and suffering what message of hope uh, do they have to give to those who embrace this particular religion well in Hinduism it's the law of karma you are what you are as a result of your previous 
incarnations. Therefore, the tragedy that you face, you are completely responsible for. You either committed a great act of evil in this life and your karma is catching up to you, or in your previous life, it's catching up to you now. And that's why you were diagnosed with cancer or you lost your child or whatever it may be. It's the law of karma and you are completely responsible for that. And you need to live out your existence. And guess what? You're going to die and get to do it all over again in another reincarnation. Hopefully you'll suffer a little bit less because you, you did more good in this life, but you get to go through it all over once again. Endlessly until you are absolved of your personhood and you are absorbed into the one. You become part of the cosmic energy of the universe. Or how about Taoism? The religion of Taoism, the yin and the yang, right? Most of us have seen that picture somewhere, the yin and the yang. Well, Taoism teaches that all things are in a balance. Good and evil are resident in the ultimate, in the divine. Light and darkness, life and death, good and evil, they're all in a balance. They are, they are just a part of the way things are, right? And you need to go with the flow, all right, and just passively accept it. To resist or go against it, that's what causes pain and suffering or imbalance. You just need to accept it and go with the flow. All right? Just accept the way of the cosmic order. Or how about the religion of Buddhism? Very prevalent here in Hawaii. Well, Buddhism teaches that the world is an illusion and even our personhood is an illusion. And therefore, attachment to this world, attachment to your own personhood, that's what causes pain and suffering, right? You get attached to people in this life and eventually you're going to have to say goodbye. Or relationships, you know, go through all kinds of difficult circumstances. You want to hold on to your personhood, which is also an illusion. Ultimately, right, we break the cycle of rebirth and enter into nirvana. Nirvana means the blowing out of existence, like a candle flame being blown out. All right? We enter into a state of just non-existence. So what is Buddhism's answer to the problem of evil and suffering? Well, suffering comes when you're attached to things of this world. Hopes, dreams, love, people, relationships. So the answer is to what? Detach from all things of this illusionary world. As long as you remain attached to things of this illusionary world, relationships, dreams, hopes, you're going to keep coming back in that awful rebirth cycle. But once you detach, then you can free yourself from evil and pain and suffering rather, and you enter into a state of nirvana. I remember watching, you know, the movie Star Wars. And there's the young Anakin Skywalker before he becomes Darth Vader, and he is now a Jedi. And he's a young man. He has a secret marriage with Padme, you know, that nobody knows about. And Jedi are not supposed to get married because they represent the Buddhist ideal, right? They're not attached to anything. They live solitary lives, just restoring balance to the universe. Kind of like the true Buddhist, right? The true Buddhist is not attached to anything in this world. He or she lives a solitary life. All they own is that yellow robe and walking cane and begging bowl. They own nothing. Right? They have no attachments to this world. They spend their time meditating and teaching others the way. Well, that's kind of like the Jedi, isn't it? They're not supposed to be attached. They don't get married. They live solitary lives. Going around the universe, restoring balance to the universe. Well, Anakin Skywalker has broken the code, and he's in a secret marriage with Padme. And 
he's experiencing tremendous pain and suffering there and he's having all these visions of her in a state of pain and suffering and he goes to the master Jedi Yoda to seek his counsel and as they're talking in that conversation you remember you know Anakin Skywalker he's kind of emotional less right kind of monotone kind of guy he's like Yoda asks him premonitions these dreams you're having what are they and Anakin says they're a pain and suffering and death and Yoda says someone yourself or someone close to you and Anakin says someone close to which Yoda responds and says careful you must be fear of loss is a path to the dark side Yoda says death is a part of life Rejoice for those who become one with the Force, who become absorbed into the Force. Mourn them do not. Miss them do not. Attachment leads to jealousy, a form of greed, that is. Right? So attachment to people, to relationships, to things of this world is a form of greed, Yoda says, and it leads to the dark side. So then Anakin says, then, what must I do, Master Yoda? And Yoda says, train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose, complete detachment from this world. That's the classic Buddhist answer there, detachment, right? And I think that's a very cruel answer because you have to deny the reality of the world around you and you have to deny your humanity. If Christianity is true, God is love. God is a relational God and he created beings in his image for relationship the greatest good the greatest possible way to express our humanity the image of God that we're made in is to love relationship with God and with one another yes that brings pain that brings suffering but through Christ right we understand and we can uh, love one another despite all the flaws that we face but in Buddhism you're called to reject all of that which I think is a very cruel answer that you need to reject reality, treat it as illusion, even your personhood as an illusion. So you have to reject reality and reject your very humanity. And I, th I think that's a very cruel answer. I believe the gospel has the most powerful answer in times of pain and suffering. Now remember, nothing that I'm going to say here is going to make the pain go away like that. All right, Or answer every question that you have. But I think these are truths that we can hold on to that will take us through those dark tunnels in life. And, you know, the first principle is to remember that God did not promise to deliver us from all pain and suffering, but that he would be with us through our time of pain and suffering. All men and women in the Bible went through very difficult times, and, and they suffered tremendously. God did not deliver them out of their suffering, but they all experienced God in a very special way, an intimate way they had never had experienced before, except in a time of suffering. You know, David writes in Psalm 23, even though I walk through, not around, through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and staff, they comfort me. You know, go to my website, Evidence and Answers, and listen to some interviews I've had with people who have gone through tremendous times of pain and suffering in their life. I remember Ruby was interviewing her. She uh, was a woman who had two children, and her husband decided to divorce her because he was seeing another woman. And on top of that, to make the situation worse, she was diagnosed with a very dangerous form of breast cancer there. And the doctor didn't give her very good chances to live. And she had two small children there to take care of. 
And I remember, you know, in our interview there, as we were talking, I said, did you feel abandoned by God? Did you feel this was unfair? How did you feel? And she said, you know, I, I struggled through all those issues. But in the end, as I was walking through that dark valley, I felt God's presence and his closeness as I had never felt before. And God promises to be with us through those very difficult times. And there's tremendous comfort in that. I remember going through some of the most difficult times in my life when I lost some valuable relationships. And uh, one of my best friends, Guy, was there. Now, he was able to offer great words of wisdom and truth according to God's word. But one of his most valuable things that he did was he was just there to listen to me, you know, and walk with me through those dark days. And I was able to make it through because of people like him. Well, how much more comforting to know the God of the universe is with us, never abandoning us, walking with us through all those moments in life. Second, our suffering is not meaningless. There's purpose and, and a meaningful outcome for all that we go through. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that God works to the good in all things for those who follow Christ. God works all things for the good. And a sovereign God can use our suffering for his purpose and his glory to take what is tragic and use it for good. You know, I remember Genesis 50. You remember the story of Joseph sold into slavery there into Egypt. Then he's a servant in Potiphar's house and he is falsely accused of trying to rape his wife and he's thrown into jail for many years and suffering there in jail and then his two friends the uh, bread maker and the cup bearer have dreams and Joseph says to the cup bearer you know you're gonna be restored and when you do remember me that I am falsely put in this prison and I'm a foreigner falsely accused and put here in this prison and the cupbearer forgets about him right and then years later he remembers oh yeah Joseph and he brings him before Pharaoh to interpret Pharaoh's dream and he arises to prominence becomes the prime minister of Egypt right and then that famous fabulous story of how he is restored with his family eventually and then Near the end of their father's life, Jacob is dying and his brothers are all scared. They say, oh no, our father's going to die and then Joseph's going to take it out on us, man. He's going to get his revenge on us. And in Genesis 50, Joseph comforts his brothers and he says, what you meant, you meant for evil, but God meant for good, for the redemption and salvation of a nation. What men did for evil, God used it and used it for the good and accomplished his purpose of rescuing the nation of Israel. And God took that young boy, Joseph, right? And you can't take a 17, 18 year old boy and make him the ruler over the most powerful empire in the world. You're gonna to have to build it and instill character within this young man. And how else can you do it? Except through difficult times where that character is forged and created in that young man to the point where he had the character now to be able to wisely steward the authority he was going to have as prime minister of Egypt. But that didn't come about without times of tremendous pain and suffering. I remember years ago, I had done an internship here in Hawaii at a church, and we all thought that I was going to be the youth pastor after I graduated from grad school, and we're going to have a great time, and we had a growing youth ministry and everything in the summer, and when I came back, uh, things were going to be great. Well, things fell apart there, and to the heartache of everyone, I departed for Dallas, 
realizing that the dreams that we had made with the youth staff and the youth and many of the leaders in the church wasn't going to happen. And as I was returning to Dallas, I was really upset and angry at God, saying, how could you let this happen? I came here to serve you. I'm accused of all these wicked things, none of which have been proven true. And even yet, even yet, you know, there are people who want to hold on to these things. And so it didn't work out. I remember years later, years later, over 10 years later, coming back, and I visited some people from that church. The church was no more. It was gone. We sat down and had a nice little reunion. They looked at me, and they said, you know, Pat, 10 years ago when you left, we were all heartbroken. You know, we really thought you were going to come back and, and work with us here, but it had to be. You needed to go back to Dallas. You didn't belong here. God had other plans for you. And I said, what do you mean? It was a terrible experience. They said, well, if you stayed here, you would have really been frustrated. Our, our little church struggled and really didn't go anywhere and in the end came to an end. But you going back to Dallas, you got to study with these great professors. You had a great opportunity to study under these great scholars and speakers. You got involved in a great ministry. You became a writer. You wrote these books. You got involved in national radio, national speaking, all of that. God had much bigger plans for you. And it would have never happened. Had you had stayed with us, you would have been tremendously frustrated. Perhaps you probably may not even be in ministry today. Can you see it now? And 10 years later, you know, looking back, I realized, yeah, you know, God used those difficult times and took me out of a situation against, you know, my will kicking and screaming and yet used it for his good to bring about his purpose in my life. There is purpose and meaning in our suffering. A sovereign God uses our suffering for His purpose, for His glory, Romans 8:28, using our suffering, even our tragedy, to bring about His purpose in our lives, which is always for our good and His glory. And finally, we're, we're called to trust and obey, even when we don't understand. Job, in Job 13:15, after losing his family, losing his livelihood, losing even his health, and his wife comes to him, how bad does it get when your wife says, curse God and die. But in 13.15, Job says, even though he slay me, yet will I always trust in him. Probably the most incredible statement of faith there in the entire Bible where Job says, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand. But even if he takes my life, I will always trust or I will always hope in him. And that's what we're called to do. That's when you know you're moving from an immature faith to a mature faith. And when you get to the point of Job 13.15, when you can say, you know, I don't understand all that has happened. Perhaps someday I will. Maybe I won't. Maybe in this lifetime I won't understand. Maybe I'll have to wait till my day of glory. But no matter what, I will trust in him, knowing that he is all-powerful, sovereign, loving, and good, working in ways in which perhaps I don't see or understand. But through it all, I will trust in him. And when you get to that point, you're going to start coming out of that dark tunnel of despair and into the light. And finally, I want you to remember this, and this is why Christianity has the greatest message of hope, that God is working in our lives to bring about his purpose. That's a tremendous message there. And 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. The time we spend here upon this earth is, is just for a few moments. All right, compared to the glory of eternity that we'll have forever with the Lord and with those who love Jesus Christ. You know, I remember going to the dentist and screaming and yelling uh, at my mom for the torture they were putting me through for those 10, 15 minutes with the dentist. Yet I'm so glad I went through it and I look back now and say, wow, that was just silly, you know, to cry and 
scream bloody murder there for those 10, 15 minutes because now, you know, for the next 60, 70 years, I'm not going to suffer from bad dental hygiene because of just those brief 15 moments. You know, and those 15, 20 minutes of suffering was well worth it. Well worth it because the next 60 years, I'm living with, you know, good hygiene and not suffering from bad teeth. And that's kind of what we have to look forward to. Our, our time here is brief compared to the weight of glory and eternity that is there before us. So those are some principles I hope that will help you when you're facing times of great difficulty and tragedy and suffering. It's a message of truth. We know because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ who overcame it all. And it's a message of truth, but a message of tremendous hope no other worldview or system of belief can offer. Well, thanks for your question this week. And send me more of your questions this week at pat at evidenceandanswers.org. I invite you to go to our website at Evidence and Answers and listen to great interviews we have on this topic and so much more. So until we see you next week, we say aloha. Thank you for being with us. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers radio broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or perhaps hold an apologetics conference, give him a call locally in Hawaii. That number is 483-0586. Or you may contact him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. To keep broadcast, like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate, head on over to our website. Once again, that's evidenceandanswers.org and you may do so right there online. You'll also find we have a wide variety of resources available to you. Everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. So be sure to share it with those around you. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucran. Okay.